Unchained Rock Show, All Talk with Steve Harrison. You're listening to the Unchained Rock Show with me, Steve Harrison. Now, my next guest, no stranger to uh, the Unchained Rock Show here on ARFM. In fact, the last time uh, that uh, we spoke, he spotted my life-size Luke Skywalker in the background and then immediately proceeded to play the Star Wars theme on the guitar. What an absolute pleasure to be once again chatting to Mr. Paul Gilbert. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How about you? I am not too bad at all. Thanks very much. Not too bad at all. Always better for chatting to you, Paul. Uh, always better for chatting to you. Uh, and what a magnificent reason to meet up and have a chat. Let's get straight to it. Uh, you're set to release the Dio album. Uh, one of the most iconic, I suppose, in my uh, humble opinion, one of the most iconic rock singers uh, ever. Uh, and there you are releasing the Dio album uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, so I've been fortunate to have a preview copy uh, and it is magnificent. I absolutely love it. So tell us a little bit about the idea. Noticing that you're wearing the Dio cap, which, as I understand, was the catalyst for this in the first place. Well, there were a bunch of catalysts, but that was that was one of them. I spotted a Dio cap in the back of somebody's car just sitting in the back window. And it just put a big smile on my face and a glow in my heart. <laughs> um, but I had already been working on a lot of Dio melodies. And, uh, of course, when I grew up, I was a fan of, of Dio's work with Black Sabbath, with Rainbow, and, and his solo stuff. And at that time, you know, I was, I'm a guitar player, so I would learn the guitar parts. Um, you know, and I would try to hunt down somebody to, to sing the Dio parts, which was nearly impossible. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I was concentrating primarily on, on how to play the guitar. Um, more recently, I've been trying to expand my guitar playing by becoming better at playing the melody. And, you know, when you, when you hear the word melody, it sounds like something that's simple. Like, oh, that must be simpler than playing like the crazy shred part. But, the, but playing a melody is like being naked. You know, if, you, if, you make a mistake, if you make a mistake in a melody, it's a much bigger mistake than if you make a mistake and you're doing your fast part. Yeah. You know, you're playing a million miles an hour and you get one wrote, one note wrong. It's not a big deal. If you, if you mess up a note in the melody, it's a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's horrible. So, you know, it's a much higher pressure situation. And it's not only just like getting the notes right. It, it's getting all the elements of expression to breathe some life into it and make yeah. it feel right. And that's not, it's not something I had worked on as much as as a kid. You know, I was working on, you know, just how to play fiery and fast. So to me, playing a melody, as simple as that might sound, is really a whole different way of, of looking at playing the guitar. And so that's something I've been working on for years, really kind of inspired by Joe Satriani when I when I toured with him in the G3 tour back in 2007. Yeah. And Joe is such a master of melody and, and, and really, you know, he, he sort of steps into the shoes of a singer when, when he plays his songs and that that kind of opened the door and then i started working on it a little bit more every year to the point where i realized that the the best teacher that i can have when it comes to melody are the people who do melodies all the time and that's singers yeah so i made a list i thought well okay well who are the singers i want to copy and the first name that i wrote down was, was ronnie james dio and i had already like i've got an online school where i teach a lot and yeah. 
I, 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 for years, I've been teaching deal melodies already. So it just had gotten to the point where I felt confident about it. Felt like it might be able to hand or handle, you know, an album's worth of tunes. <laughs> and it just sounded fun because, you know, of course, not only do I get to play the deal melodies, but I get I get to play all the guitar parts. Yeah, know, yeah. Tony Aomi and, and uh, Vivian Campbell and Richie Blackmore parts. Those are a blast. I played bass, too. Those were things were a blast. I mean, I, I would have liked to play the drums, but that would have taken me too long. All right, okay. <laughs> I've got. I've, you are an accomplished drummer, anyway, because I've got a copy of. Uh, is it the Vernon solos when you sort of there back in the oh, day, right. and there you are, sort of like smashing out on Scott Travis's kit, and I'm thinking, yeah, you were a pretty nifty drummer back in the day. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. well, I also played drums on my. Um, which album was it? The the uh, oh, Werewolves of Portland. Yeah, yeah. I played all the drums on that, um, but it's, you know, it, it, it's it's like physically more demanding. Plus, I, I just I don't have the technique on drums that I do on guitar, so you know it's a lot. It's a bit more time consuming. It's a lot of fun, but you know, I, 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 again, you know, I, I wanted to put most of the work and really focus on on getting the do vocals right on guitar. So I didn't want to get too distracted by with an instrument that I'm. You know, it's going to pull my time away. Yeah, indeed. And interesting, because I've I sort of made a couple of, uh, of points that when I first heard the album and the first track, uh, Holy Diver, it was almost, it made me sort of, my ears pricked. And it was almost as an ethereal sort of element to it, as almost if I can actually hear Ronnie James Dio, that sort of accent and everything that you just sort of, just came with that guitar phrasing and intonation melody. So was that a real challenge? Did you kept going back and saying, no, that's not quite right. No, that's not quite right. Because it has it definitely, the album has that ethereal element to, you can almost just hear Ronnie James Dale singing along with you. Well, I, th- I think it's, there's two things, you know, you, you want to develop instincts. So you make good decisions without having to think about it too much. Yeah. But occasionally those instincts will fail you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's what you, when you hear it, you go, ah, it's just not sounding right. And then, then you have to tear it apart. And I've had the good fortune to be a teacher where my job is to tear things apart to make, to, so I can explain it to, to a student. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you can't tell a student, oh, you just go work on your feel. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's way too general. That, that's not a helpful <laughs> thing to tell anybody. Um, you know, so, so as my job as a teacher is, is to go like, okay, what is feel? Yeah. You know what, what and, and there is an answer to that. You know, it's, it, it might it take, and, and I've had been doing it for years. So I've really been able to, to take that apart. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what the answer is right now. The feel is contrast. You know, you can make a, a list of, of all these different things and all you have to do is you know, for for and then and they when you when you look at each one, they all sound so simple that they're stupid. You know, long <laughs> right. and short. Yeah. You know, you take long and short. You know, now the tricky musical terminology for that is staccato and legato. Yeah. You know, that sounds like you know what you're talking about, yeah, but yeah. really, all it is is a, a short note and a long note. But short notes, you'd be surprised how many how many at least you know when I'm teaching, you know, a short note is basically you play a note and you have to slam on the brakes. Yeah. You have to stop it. You know, it's short. And, you know, that you have to physically work out how to stop the thing. You have to, you know, you have to know where your brakes are. Yeah. And a lot of guitar players, especially if they're like scale practices, they've never worked out how to make a note short. They're yeah, just yeah. playing them all kind of the same, you know, you know, and they've never gone. Dup, 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 dup. And there's, you know, the physical way to 
manipulate the instrument to get these yeah. short notes. And then the, the the trick is, you know, to have a long note and a short note right next to it. And that starts to sound like a human. Right. Because as soon as everything's the same, if you're like only long or only short, you immediately start sounding like a robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that, that's that's just one element. Now, another element is vowel sounds, because that that's, you know, with a guitar, you don't have words. You know, you can't say the word holy from holy diver. But you can approximate the vowel. Right. Because yeah. if you just play the note real normal, that's kind of like an O. Yeah. But if you get the E, for you because oh, holy is like O-E, you get the E, you do pinch harmonic. Yeah. So you go like, you know, O-E, O-E, and you, you can get that. You know, so, so that's really like, a, you know, it really makes it feel more like a, a singer if, if, if you have, you know, that contrast, like do the pinch harmonic where the E is. D- don't do it where the O is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and again, you know, to explain that and, and, and to work it out, you know, it, it takes some doing. But as you do it more and more, it becomes an instinct and you don't have to think about it anymore and it just rolls out of your instrument. <laughs> so, you know, th- th- there's a list of, 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 of 20 of those. Well, maybe, I don't know. Actually, probably not 20. There's probably about seven of them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, if, but if you get those, those contrasts rolling, it really makes it come to life. Yeah. And if you don't, then you sound like a robot. Yeah. Yeah. So did that come, did it come easily then? Or was it a case of like, you sort of kept sort of changing things? Were you, was it because uh, obviously you explained that you sort of break it down, but then you have that sort of the human, the feel, the emotion to it. Did it come fairly easy then to, to get that expression that sort of, and capture the, that, I suppose the essence of Ronnie James really, which is what you're trying to achieve and have achieved successfully with the guitar. Was it easy or was it like, was it, uh, was it challenging? Well, I, th- I think, like, in my whole journey as a guitar player, I think I always had good instincts because I would listen, you know, as, as, a, as a music listener, I paid attention to everything. I yeah, listened yeah. to the drum, the bass, not just the guitar, and, of course, the vocals. I'm a huge fan of singers. Um, but then, you know, to translate that into all those little techniques to make it come out of the guitar, that was something that, that took more doing. And, I mean, I've had a lot of failure <laughs> when it comes <laughs> I've tried this before. I remember, like, I was sitting down when I was still teaching at GIT in the in, like in the nineties, and thinking like, oh, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. I thought like, oh, what about Black Dog? You know, that hey, mom said we are gonna make this right. You know, maybe I could put it on guitar. And I remember trying it and listening to myself and just going like, this yeah. is terrible. <laughs> like, don't like, don't do that. It's, yeah. it's not working. You know, I, I just gave up immediately. <laughs> and. I, again, like from from hearing Joe Cetriani play, and from just you know pr- over the years trying it more and more, I, I started. You know, I think initially it was kind of using my instincts, and then combining that with what I learned from teaching, and getting it to the point where I really started to like how I sounded. Yeah, and and to go like, wow, you know, I could, I, I like this. It's turned out good. Yeah, and uh, so it, it was a, it was a long process i mean that um you know i was i was cautious with that I, I don't i don't i only like to play what it, what it sounds good you know, <laughs> yeah I, i'm i'm really quick to give up right if if something sounds bad i'll put it on the shelf <laughs> without hesitation oh, <laughs> right. i always i always imagine you to be one of those sort of guys that just perseveres until you've nailed it or is it a case of do you know what yeah do you recognize when you beat is it one of those right yeah just sod it i'll just put it i'll park uh, it I, I, I think that's one of my biggest superpowers is, is I know when I'm bad and, and I, and it, it, in a way as a kid, that's, that's what kept me focused in a very, 
narrow style because I, I I knew I didn't sound good at everything. Yeah. But I knew I sounded pretty good at just like this one little thing. So I would I would keep it really narrow and good. And then, you know, gradually I would make discoveries. Like when I went to GIT, I heard so many different styles of players. You know, I knew I couldn't master any of those things, but I'd try like a little flavor. Yeah. And if it worked, it worked. And I'd, you know, add it on and, you know, gradually start expanding. Yeah. But I'm, a, I'm slow at it, you know, because if, 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 I, if I sound bad, I don't want to. So I'll, <laughs> I'll just give up right away. It was like slide. Yes. Man, it took me forever to, to sound any good with a slide. And, you know, finally, like on, on this album, you know, I'd probably play about about 10% slide on, on stuff because yeah. that's, that's actually a pretty good ratio yeah if i if i play like a slide in a whole song it's gonna be kind of too swampy yeah <laughs> but but it can be it could be really nice for a little contrast like on an intro or a bridge or you know just a little spot here or there yeah it really is a nice contrast from you know playing with my with my regular fingers yeah and that seems to become sort of part of a, a of your sort of regular style really the use of, of this slide and then if i can just sort of take you back i remember sort of speaking to you probably about 12 months ago you mentioned there uh werewolves of portland but it, you know you talked about the phrasing and in, in terms of that guitar but you'd written lyrics uh to, to the album so that you could sort of sing along to them but obviously you played that melody on the guitar was that obviously the same approach for the dio album in that sense then to catch that melody well like, like i said to, to me my my teachers for for melody are singers I've, I've learned some guitar melodies over the years certainly but you know really what i what i like about it comes from singers you know yeah. i mean and there's more you know I, when i made my list of singers i want to copy you know dio's the first one yeah but there's, you know, there's 30 more, you know, Rob Halford, Robert Plant, Ann Wilson, Todd Rundgren, you know, the Beatles, Elvis, Little Richard, you know, just they go on and on. The Everly Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Man, when, I remember giving a lesson at my school with um, uh, Kathy's Clown. Oh, wow. The Everly Brothers song. Yeah. You know, the, Don't want your love. Yeah. That, uh, that's like a whammy bar lick. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or I mean, but that's the thing is you have to make that decision. You know, it could be slide. Yeah, it could be your finger doing a slide. It could be a hammer on. They all have a little different flavor, and there's there's really no right answer other than what you know what sounds good to you in 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 getting hitting that target. Oh right, okay. You, know, you, have, you, you know what what sounds like Phil and Don. You know when you when you do it, what, what feels right. I you mean, know? you just mentioned there, Rob Alford. Does that mean we can expect a Paul Gilbert sort of screaming for vengeance type sort of uh, instrumental? Then maybe. Well, then, like recently at my school, I, I taught one of my students. Um, I think it was Metal Gods. <sighs> You know, we're taking too much for granted. <laughs> the time we had you know, it's awesome. And that, that's the thing. It's not only notes. It's like the, the rhythmic delivery. Yeah. Because you know, when, um, like, one of the things from, from my kind of culture of guitar that I came from is, we're, you know, we tend to be scale practicers. Yeah. And there's like, you know, there, there's no ceiling on you know all, all it is like okay what's the metronome on you know i get the metronome yeah. on 120 okay <laughs> now tomorrow i'll get it up to 122 and it's it's like you know the goal is like infinity <laughs> yeah and and it's 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 horrible because like you know you're just trying to get up, up this up and down thing and with um it, it the, the metaphor i use is like it's almost like okay the goal is i want to be able to shoot an arrow with with my bow and i want to do it as fast as i can just aiming 
at, at arbitrary points in the sky. I just want to shoot arrows in the sky as fast as many arrows as fast as I can. And it and it's kind of an amazing thing to do. But the other the, playing a melody is like, okay, well, let's bring something new. Let's put a target and see if we can get the bullseye in one shot. Yeah. And that there's there's something there's something good about that. Yeah, yeah. I and get it's really that. different than like, okay, there's no target. We don't even need a target. Just just shoot them in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty as charged on that one right, from the days uh, of my sort of uh, back in the day of learning and playing guitar. But I just gave it up as a badge. In fact, I've got one sort of sat behind me, now, and it actually is one of your signature series. But but I, I love the analogy putting a target in and just firing the arrows at that. If I can just ask you then, in terms of the the album then. How easy was it to choose the particular tracks that are on this album then? Well, that was just fun because I'm, you know, I'm a fan, so I get to pick my favorites. All right, okay. Um, but of course, I ended up having more favorites than yeah. than will fit on the album. Absolutely. So, for for example, like some of the songs that I was really considering, but I didn't do, would be like Stargazer, Light in the Black, Gates of Babylon, um, Sign of the Southern Cross. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing that I realized about those is all those have pretty long instrumental sections, and and I thought I, I really want to focus on the vocals. Yeah, so that's that's why you know in, instead of Stargazer, as much as I love that song, I would choose Man on the Silver Mountain because that one has like a shorter guitar solo. Yeah, and and more emphasis on the singing. Yeah, and you know this is the Dio album, so I'm. I'm I want to focus. I want to spend my time, you know, in trying to be in the in the shoes of of Ronnie James Dio. That, yeah. That's where I want to spend most of my time. Yeah. Um. You know, I could easily do a volume two, and because uh, I, I do love those songs <laughs> too. Is know, that an option? Carol Woman. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that an option then? A volume two. Well. I, th- I think I would have to choose between a volume two or, of, of course, one of the other singers on my list. Like, okay. I'd love to do like the whole first Boston album would be an amazing, <sighs> amazing thing to do. I've, I've done on my last tour. I was doing Peace of Mind. Yes. Where I did all the vocal melodies. Yeah. Or or like a Van Halen album. Do all the David Lee Roth parts because his 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 stuff works great on guitar. Indeed. On one of my last tours, I was doing Running with the Devil. And yeah. I played all the David Lee Roth parts on slide. Um. You know, or uh, you know, or or do like a like a Scandinavian metal album, and do like TNT and <sighs> Europe, and you know, there's a band not so well known, but Lambretta. I love Lambretta, right. and uh, you know, and, and maybe some uh, some Ingve, you know, but but yeah. concentrate on those just got Soto parts. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely yeah, an, an interesting take on it. Um, yeah, I like the idea of, uh, like I said, this sort of that Swedish sort of, uh, TNT uh, capturing sort of Tony Harnell's sort of like, you know, that, that, that vocal element of Tony Harnell on that. Well, well that's the thing is like when, when you play a, a vocal on guitar, like because Tony Harnell, I mean, to, to try to sing his parts, they're in, they're, his range is, is really incredible. Yeah. And, and there's no way as a, as a singer that I'm ever going to, you know, <laughs> Uh, two notes and I'm gone. So, but with but with guitar, that's not a problem. Like that, that challenge is 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 solved. Yeah. Um, so the challenge becomes like, you know, following the vowels, trying to get the expression right. You know, of course, getting the melody itself right. But at least I don't have to worry about like, oh, that high notes is going to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that that's what in a way why it's fun to copy the, the you know the singers that sing high. You know, somebody like Ann Wilson. 
you know, cause you know, cause, cause women tend to have higher ranges than guys. Mariah Carey. Yeah. You know, doing yeah, you yeah. know all those like dog whistle notes that are the super high ones. <laughs> they're all on guitar. They're easy to reach. <laughs> yeah, I can do it. You know, do a Whitney Houston album, like you know, a Divas record. You know, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be killer. What What is it that uh, sort of attracts you to sort of doing all those covers? Because you're no stranger to sort of thinking, let's just sort of smash out a sort of a Beatles cover. Obviously, Yellow Matter Custard, Hammer of the Gods for Led Zeppelin. You did the Rush. I've seen you many, many years ago. You know, sort of two become one Spice Girls. What is it that sort of attracts you to sort of those covers and and, and other songs other than your own? What is it about it that you think, Joe? You know I'd love to cover that. I can do that on guitar. Well, the, it's, the hard work is done. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah, because it's written. <laughs> well, some, someone else has already written the great song, and you just have to, you know, you get the fun of, you know, putting on the costume and pretending you're them. Um, yeah, so, so, I mean, the, not every style is one that I'm comfortable with, though. Like, I mean, the, the, I, I've never learned to properly finger pick. Like, if I had to do a tribute to Chet Atkins, it would be a complete... <laughs> I mean, I might as well play the flute. You know, right. like it's like I'm horrible at that stuff. Just never developed it. Yeah. You know, like you know what Tommy Emmanuel does is something that oh, I, I have yeah. no facility there. You know, yeah. I kind of know when I'm beaten. It's like okay, don't even try that. <laughs> uh, you know, or uh, yeah, sort of like kind of the country or, or classical guitar. It's kind of the same thing. Like anything that involves. Uh, it's funny because a lot a lot of people. Uh, you know, when it comes to guitar technique, they're really interested in how I do picking stuff. Yeah. But I really feel like the core of my playing is left hand. And, you know, that's it's, it's kind of like this is the steering wheel. Yes. And yeah. and then that's that's more important. You know, this is the gas pedal. The gas pedal <laughs> easy. You know, but the steering and the brakes like that. That's the that that that's the stuff that 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 really is, you know, helps you drive. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, you, you mentioned there about you got to play all your favourites. Uh, I've got to ask you, you've probably been asked it already. What is your favourite either Dio uh, or Dio-related song? What is your absolute number one? Oh, man, that's, that's rough. Well, the, the first song where I really discovered Dio was, was Neon Nights. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, the opening track on, 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 my, on my record. And... When I heard that, I didn't know who the band was. I mean, I I knew I was already a Sabbath fan, but I didn't know it was Sabbath, right? Because you know, it was very obviously not Ozzy. Yeah, and so I just assumed it was a new band, and I th- I think I had I had probably heard Man on the Silver Mountain because that was a, a you know a little bit of a radio hit, but I didn't really know who that was either because it came out when I was so young. I you know I didn't know who it was. Yeah, but when I heard Neon Nice, I was like, man, I got to find out who who this is, and so you know, and went to the record store and tracked it down. I didn't get the Heaven and Hell record, and that whole record was, you know, I just, I, I, of course, I, you know, my initial connection to playing it was to play the guitar parts, but I would listen to everything and just, you know, Dio singing that was so amazing, and that opened up the door. Yeah. To, um, I mean, I, at the, by that time, I was, you know, I, was, I had joined bands, and the other guys in the band would have good record collections. Yeah, yeah. You know, because there was no Spotify, you couldn't just go on absolutely and find everything. You know, so it was like, you know, you. Go to the record store and you'd see, you know, I'd see like, you know, Rainbow on stage. Like, oh, that's a double album. That's like fifteen bucks. I yeah. can't afford that, <laughs> you know. But the, but then I join a band and you know the keyboard player would have it. You know, like, oh man, can I tape that album? And, and you know, when I was fifteen, we used to cover "Kill the King." That was like our, our, you know, the best song in the band I was in. Yeah, we used to open with that, and uh, you know, and then Dio solo stuff came up. But I think Neon Nights was really the one that grabbed me. Yeah. When was the first time that, do you ever see, well, obviously, yeah, I would imagine you've seen uh, Running James Dio live. Uh, when was the first time that you ever sort of got to see him live? 
Can you remember? Uh, the first time I saw Dio live, actually, I snuck in to a rehearsal because I, I, I had moved to L.A. And I, you know, I started to meet musicians because I was, you know, you know, that's what you do. Yeah. And one of the one of my friends, guitar player friends, somehow knew somebody in the management and uh, and so they, I got to sneak into uh, the the, re the tour rehearsal for um, probably like you know like the second or third tour is probably like 1986 or something, and uh, maybe even earlier, might have been 1985, and they I think they had the dragon. Yeah. Oh, was that Sacred Heart just, or something like that? Oh no, Last yeah, in, no, just, Sacred Heart. I think yeah, or Last in Life. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they were doing like Hungry for Heaven and Rock yeah. and Roll Children. Yeah, yeah. And you know they had the the uh, it was just in a big warehouse. And I, I just didn't want to get kicked out. So I was just trying to like stand in the shadow. But um, but it was amazing because, you know, to, to be able to see it, not in a concert hall where you're like, you know, trying to fight your way with the audience <laughs> yeah. up, you know, to, up to the front, but just like big empty warehouse. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that was the first time I saw him. Then I, th I think maybe on that tour, I, I, I saw him at the Forum, but I didn't see the whole show because my ride was late. Yeah. All so right. I, only, like, got in, I only got in for the end. Um, and then I saw, I saw uh, and they, they came to Ve like in the '90s. Dio came to Vegas, where Las Vegas, where I was living. Saw that show, which was great. And then the, the most surprising one, and this is when I met Ronnie, was when I, I, I saw Deep Purple in Japan, and and Ronnie came out as a guest and did Love Is All, right. which is pretty rare. That's I didn't know. I didn't cool, want to think one. about that song yeah. at the time, but uh, really cool, like almost kind of Beatley song. With, and it was with the orchestra. That, they, it was Deep Purple with an orchestra. So they really did a great version of it. And I met Ronnie backstage. He's like warmest, coolest person. The covers then on this particular album, Kill the King, you mentioned there, you played it in the band. Uh, and it's, you've got that sort of the live uh, sort of chanting crowd, Dio, Dio, and then at the end of it, why why, why sort of add that uh, that as a, an element to that? I found that really interesting, actually. So and you, why, why is that on that album? Well, I... I had to do the live version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was the first one that I heard. That was that's my favorite one, um, and yeah, that that to me was a really important song. That was really one of my first experiences with Rainbow because I didn't have any Rainbow albums, and it was it was kind of you know later on when after Ronnie was out of the band, you know, then they started having more radio hits, you know, with yeah. with uh, Joel and Turner, and but. Um, you know, I, I wasn't that familiar with the with the Ronnie stuff, and so "Kill the King" was kind of my first exposure to Rainbow. So that was really important. Yeah, indeed. Listen, Paul, I am really conscious of time. Uh, I've just got one final question, and it's got to be Mr. Big. Uh, the final tour, the big finish, and obviously you've hinted that UK is going to be part of that tour. So, any ideas when we can sort of expect to see you guys then? I, I imagine it will be. I'm also really excited that we've got Nick T. Virgilio on drums. He's killer as a drummer and as a singer. So our harmonies will be strong. And uh, yeah, it's in the summer, we're going to uh, Japan and Asia. And then in 2024, uh, pretty early on, we're going to aim for the rest of the world. Yeah. Are you still considering doing the, obviously continuing with the solo career, solo tour? Will that include uh, a big chunk of uh, the Dio album then the ne on your next sort of travels? I, I, I certainly hope so. I'll, <laughs> I'll have to do some practicing, but that'll, that'll be a blast. <laughs> Thanks, man. Take it easy. Cheers.